you know, I'll just confess, when I got studying studying this, I go, what was the story of the little drummer boy about? I'd forgotten. And so I Googled it, pulled it out, and I kept reading about the little boy that brought his gifts to the king, Jesus. And how he came in spite of, and he came, and the writer was moved to write this blessed song. And it's just not about a bunch of drums. It is about a little boy's heart who's going toward Jesus. And I believe many of you are here today because somewhere in your life, God spoke to you, and you said, Jesus, here I come. But you didn't come until you first heard his drumbeat. I don't know what that was like for you. I don't know where God was when you, he first called you. I can remember in a little church in Modesto, California, when I was 12 years old, there was this banging that hit me, and I wasn't sure what to do. But really, what I was hearing was God saying, I really love you. I really care. And God, through Jesus Christ, through amazing things, ever since this time, has been beating his drum all through the ages. You know the reason for the season. You know what it is. It is Jesus himself. It is that Jesus is alive, that Jesus lives, that Jesus is our hope. And you know one of the blessings is we're together this morning, and we focus on the drum beat of God God puts a song and a beat in our lives too. And God says, walk out these doors, drumming the praises of the king. Leave here today glorifying him, lifting him up, declaring him as the king of kings and lord of lords. You know, one of the verses that is referenced off in this song, I'll put it up here in the, on the screen, Matthew 2 and 11 and this speaks about those wise men coming into the house. For those of you online, welcome. For those of you that are here, welcome. They came into the house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. And opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's a message right there. We will not take that entire message today. But if you notice with me, first they saw the child. When you hear the drumbeat, you're going to see the child. And then they fell to the ground. It affects us. When God speaks to us, it changes us. Other people might speak, but when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, through the power of God, we can't be the same people. We can't go back in the same old hole anymore. We can't live the same life. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. They fell to the ground. Notice what came. Worship. Worship in their hearts. I was sensing it this morning right here. Worship coming. And they opened their treasures. What comes from meeting the King of kings and Lord of lords? From sensing his drumbeat. Giving. It begins to overflow in our life. They gave. And out of the giving, they presented to him the best gifts. And I give that this morning because really what God wants during this season from everyone here is our very best. You know, he doesn't want us just to be Christians hanging out, not living. He wants us to give our very, very best. And when we do, God is praised and honored in so many ways. And people see this 
throughout the, the ages. But this morning, we have a story that's greater than the little boy at the drum. We're going to speak about another boy who came. He came, and prophets and kings spoke of him. They spoke of this boy that would one day come, and something different would happen when he came. And as they spoke, if you listen in the Bible, the drum beat starts going. I don't got the drums here, but look at this. One of these brothers was so inspired this morning that this is his drum this morning. Here it is. God wants that in our hearts too as we give, that we just pour out our lives to him, give everything we've got no matter where we are in the last days in which we're living when the drum, now the enemy wants to drown out the drum, guaranteed, every home, every heart, He'll do what he can. He, he tries to play the game of firemen, throw cold water, turn a church into a religious institution, turn a home into a place that we just know what we are and how right we are. But God's heartbeat still beats. And I pray that as we finish this little service this morning, every person here can come to the place of saying, I'm hearing the drumbeat of God. It's alive, it's real, because I believe it's so easy in the middle of COVID and everything that's happening politically, economically, in our world, that the fire and passion of God is snatched right out of our hearts. About four days ago, a man from China came here and walked with me for the day. And what I saw in a 64-year-old man who has suffered and been in prison and been throughout the whole country of China is a man who is still on fire for Jesus in his last days. And whether we're old or young, the call as we hear the drumbeat is there is a work to do. It's bigger than all the rest of the stuff. It has declared Jesus Christ as Lord. And this is where we are this morning. For those of you who have your Bibles, I invite you to open your Bibles with me to, to Isaiah chapter 9. If you're online, uh, computers work, phones work, but I have my Bible here this morning, and it is one of the drum beats that came from the prophet Isaiah, and it was like a light going out. It was like a beacon, a beacon. It was going out, and Isaiah is saying, I want you to see the light. I want you to see the light in the middle of darkness, but there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt, but later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. And what Isaiah is saying through this drumbeat is there is a better day coming were the people of God that were in captivity. Israel was locked up in captivity. Many people today are captives in their homes, right in their places. I listened to a testimony this, this week of a sister who just shared, maybe, maybe you're a captive of your own home. Maybe we're a captive of our addictions. But what Isaiah was saying is there is coming a time when captivity is going to is going to be freed up. Men are going to be set free. Women are going to walk with new sight. Graves are going to be open. God is going to reign supreme and king of kings and lord of lords. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see great light. Notice, not just a little blink. 
Not just a little, well, we got all this other stuff. No, this light is so great, it transcends every light. Those who live in a dark land, that light will shine on them. And notice how big it gets. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. Listen, notice how far it goes. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. And what he's saying is, when this drumbeat comes to you, when you see Jesus and the light of Jesus and the brightness of Jesus and who he really is, everything changes. You don't want to go back to the old hole again. You don't want to hang out at the old place because Jesus is alive and he's living and he's real and so much is happening. Verse six, I, there's so much here. You could, another message after message has powerfully been proclaimed in these verses. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. Never forget this truth. Jesus is a gift. Jesus isn't a right. Jesus shouldn't be an expectation. Jesus is a gift. And here Isaiah was already prophesying to this. A son will be born, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will become a wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, Prince of Peace. Hey, if you want to make a great study during the time of Christmas, study the names of Jesus. You can begin to Google them, write them out, look at the definitions of those names, and you will find a blessing just studying Jesus' names because they're so great. And Jesus is just going out all over. And what happens in the study of Jesus, don't matter where you go, it can be a sermon. It starts in this little old hole, and it gets so big, but I'm really not ready to preach. I walk in here and say, this subject is too big, I can't touch it. Because it's hit me that big. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. But you study the names of Jesus, just a little thought this, this time. Maybe take your family and work on, on some names to talk about as the names of Jesus. But you know the drumbeat at first really was faint as you think about it. An old prophet Isaiah would call out, Jeremiah would call out, King David would come and would prophesy, and the people just kept running toward captivity. They just kept running toward bondage. People says, you know what I'll do? It was really like they said, these prophets were saying, you know what? Look at the gift. It's still wrapped. All you've got to do is unwrap it by faith. And they're probably like some of my grandchildren. You've probably seen this where you're opening the presents on Christmas, and all of a sudden I look, and there's my little guy. And he doesn't care about the present. He just wants to play the paper. And that's kind of how we are sometimes. Oh, no, Lord, no thanks. I'll take the paper. And all the stuff we're playing with out there is paper compared to the treasure of Jesus. And there's nothing that compares to it. And here, this, this, the drumbeat gets, and you know, as we think of Jesus, kings, prophets, angels were waiting a baby in a manger will we'll just keep declaring this the, last, the next several days. A lost boy in a temple. Here we are, a, comp, a carpenter's son named Jesus, hanging up his tools and saying, I'm going to be about, be about my father's business. And pretty soon we, it grew, grew stronger with teachings at Galilee, a baptism by John in the River Jordan. All of a sudden, a temptation in the wilderness. And there was Jesus just simply saying, I love you. You see, the drumbeat of God is not, I hate you, I want to hurt you. So many people have a concept of God that he's just an angry God. This week, I was blessed to walk the streets for six hours with one of our dear sisters that comes to second service. 
and just minister with her. If you ever want to be just overwhelmed, walk the streets, about 16th, 15th, 14th, Washington, Lincoln, right through there, and look in the eyes of the homeless and tell them God loves you. That was my little journey. I thought it was going to be an hour and a half, frankly. That was good for me. We ended up at her house and looking at the, the framing of the new house she's getting built. But so many people see an angry God. So many people see a God that's just after. And you know, all God's just trying to do is bless us. That's all he wants to do. The heartbeat of God is, I just want to bless you. I just want to give you the best. All I want you to do is just enjoy everything I have for you. You say, God, no, I'll take the paper. Paper sounds better. It's kind of pretty. And so quickly, it, it can just go in the fire. You know, we stopped one place in that trip. And here was this, it was just a, amazing. A woman was out there with one leg trying to clean her car with a crutch. And my dear sister Mary said, I've got to go see that woman. You stay and cover me. I'd cover in the car. It was a tough area. You don't go by yourself. Go first off to Jesus. Take someone else. And pretty soon she calls me over. She goes back to cover the car. And I look in the eyes and I say, what's your name? She says, my name's Blanca. Blanca. And I says, Blanca, how are you doing? And what happened to your leg? She says, I lost my leg through diabetes. And then I lost my husband about 15 years ago. And I looked at the little old house and a woman all crippled. And I said, Blanca, do you know Jesus? And she began to teach me. I was there to help Blanca. This happens to me all over the world. But Blanca looked and she said, five times God's raised me up so strongly from, from disaster that I can't deny his name. He's everything to me. And from the eyes of Blanca was no longer a hurting person. It was a sister in Jesus, a friend. Blanca, do you want to pray? Absolutely, I pray all day. Do you read your Bible? I love the word of God. And really what Blanca was simply saying is, Jesus is Lord. I don't have anything else, but I've got the greatest gift. And oh, for God's people, when that can begin to come back in our hearts, some of us have lost the joy of Christmas. We've lost the peace of Jesus. And here God was using this dear woman to teach an older pastor a truth that he can so easily forget. God is an amazing God, and the ways he comes. You know, I was in the railroad business for years, and there's something in the railroad business. If you're down on the ground, and a train is coming, and you're close talking to men or women or whoever, you'll hear the train coming from 10 to 15 miles away. But it's just a little tight drum. Boom, boom, boom. And at first you'll wonder, is there a storm coming? It'll keep on coming, and the closer it gets, the more distinct the sound. And pretty soon, you, it's unmistakably clear, a train is coming. All 100 and some cars loaded to the gilt, 59 miles per hour. And there it is, the sound gets so real and distinct that you can't forget it, and you know what it is. Some of you are here today because that's what the Lord did to bring you to him. It would be wrong for me not to tell you as a pastor that's what God did to bring me to him. I didn't want Jesus. 
I just wanted the stuff. Many Christians are like that. We want the stuff. We want the package. We want the party. But Jesus says, I want you. You, can't, you, you gotta get past all the package to see me, to see who I am, to see how much I love you and really care for you. You ever heard, you ever heard the tune, he walks or she walks to the, to the beat of a different drummer? For a Christian, there's nothing more true. There's all kinds of drums that are beating out there. Matter of fact, when we did that, I, was, I can remember my choirs. These guys were up here uh, singing this morning in choir. We learned that drummer boy. And all of a sudden, our, our teacher, her name was Mrs. Stevens, comes out. She says, now I'm going to teach you that differently. differently. This is how you're going to sing it now. Rump-a-pum-pum, 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 pum, 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 pum. And all of a sudden, she changed the whole beat. God keeps changing the beat on us, doesn't he? Have you ever thought of how God is trying to get the attention of his people during the middle of COVID? And we're looking for a vaccine that will take care of all of our problems and we're not looking to Jesus. Is it possible? Just a question. I'm thankful for the vaccine. But I think we're living in a time when the drumbeat of God is getting louder and louder, louder. You know what gets interesting? The louder the drumbeat of God comes, you start realizing it's, it's even greater than his son. It's greater than just his, the baby in the, the manger. It's also another drumbeat that I'm coming again for my bride. I'm coming. I'm coming for my church. My heartbeat is for the church of Christ. And I believe we are living in a time that people have one more peace of wrapping to look to instead of grabbing the greatest gift of all, which is Jesus Christ. And the drumbeat of God just keeps beating. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches two literal returns. Return number one is when Jesus came in the manger, Bethlehem of Judea. He came as a baby. We're, we're commemorating that. He came to give us far more than we can ever imagine. I'm still being blown away with what salvation really is. It just hits me, it's so much more. You open the word of God. The Bible's so much bigger than we first think. It just keeps on going. But the second heartbeat of God is he's coming for his bride, his church. He's coming as king. And I believe that if there's ever a time for the church of Christ, to, for their, our heartbeat to begin to get beat with the heartbeat of God, it's today. God's heartbeat's beating for us. Sometimes our heartbeat doesn't beat for him. You know, this Chinese brother the other day, he looked at me and he says, you know what? Us Chinese believers love you so much. Everywhere I go, we just keep praying for you. And you know what I tell him? Brother Daniel, I have to say this, you probably pray for us more than we pray for you. He says, because the Chinese people never forget how the gospel came to them through missionaries and people who cared and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. But this drumbeat of God keeps coming. I thank God that that, that drumbeat has woke me up at least five or six times distinctively in my life and said, lay it down and follow me. Many times we'll shut our ears. I looked out this morning. It was really, uh, you were hitting it this morning in the drums. And I saw a few just, oh, because sometimes we don't want to hear God. We don't want to hear his voice, but God keeps beating at the, he, he kept beating in the garden. I think of when he was at the garden and his sweat was as great drops of blood and the rustling was there so intensely and greatly. 
And Jesus hears the drumbeat of the Father and says, not my will, but yours be done. And he goes to a cross, a bloody, rugged cross to give his life. And there it was, he dies. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And he hears the drumbeat of the Father. You know what's so beautiful about Jesus is that drumbeat doesn't stop. I love this, that God doesn't give up on us. Jesus doesn't give it up on us. Oh, many of us, we might be like the halfback today, the running back. We can stiff arm the guy coming. We might be able to keep away that drumbeat for a while, but God keeps pursuing us. Some of us are being called to ministry we just can't quite say yes to yet. Some of us are being asked to go where we don't want to go because when God shows you ministry, he'll show you Calvary. He will show it to you. It will come up clearly. You will see it. And some people here, sometimes we go and say, no, no, I'll take the wrapping, Lord. The tomb was empty. The angels are there saying, don't come here. Don't seek the living among the dead. He's not here. He's risen. Jesus has came again. And Jesus says, I won. I won. And I believe when we start thinking of the drumbeat of God, there is a time we Christians live far too, too much on the defensive and not on the offensive. We have nothing in Jesus to apologize about. In Jesus Christ, we are complete. We are powerful. We are, in, we are imparted with that which is greater than anything that comes out there. No virus, no fear of this, but we look sometimes, don't we? I've looked, you've looked, we've looked for something somewhere else. And we, uh, how many of you remember when you got your first cell phone? Raise your hand. I want to know how many, when you got your first cell phone, raise your hand. Yeah. Well, the first cell phone I got, it was one of these bag phones. Can you remember the bag phones? Some of you can. It, it was a shoulder phone, and it was about this big. And I, I used that thing. It was really pretty good reception. It cost me 35 cents a minute, and it was worth it. But I thought, this is it. I won't need anything but this bag phone. <laughs> and one day I saw a guy in a store, and he had the flip phone. I looked at him, and I looked at my bag phone. And I looked at his flip phone. And I think, I think I want a flip phone. <laughs> and some of you are looking at phones right now at Christmas. And it's just kind of there. And, and have you ever thought about how we chase the latest and the greatest and the fastest? And, and we just keep running. And you get it, first car. Does everyone remember? I got a cousin here, a pastor this morning here. And I remember his first car was a car named Harvey, an old Plymouth, I think, Gordon, back in the 40s or 50s. And we'd ride that car. Now that was a Cadillac. We went on wedding chases. Those days you had wedding chases up and down the streets. It was quite the time. By God's grace, we lived. But uh, mine was a little 63 Volkswagen, 500 bucks, 38,000 miles. I'd go over San Francisco to a, a concert. I'd put that thing to the floor. I'd grab second gear to go over what they call the Altamont Pass. I was going 30, everybody else going 60, but I was on my way to the concert. And I always told people that's, that's a car I had when Deb and I met. So she never, she never chose me for my car. <laughs> I know that. But how many times since then we look and there's the other car and how quickly 
Does the car get old? The cell phone get old? Or how about your first computer? Remember that first computer? And all of a sudden, mine was called a MyTech computer. I paid 1,500 bucks. A buddy and I each bought one for 3,000 bucks. And I got the MyTech computer in about 85, and I thought, this is it. A MyTech computer. I won't need nothing else the rest of my life. And it was a few, few weeks, a buddy told me, guess what? I've got one that goes three times as fast as yours. Within a year, I'm done with the MyTech. And we've been chasing little drum beats. But you ever notice those little drum beats? They start big, and they get little. That package she opened, the, the, the nicest one. You open it, it sounds like, wow, this is great. For three months, two months, maybe tomorrow. I didn't, that, that, that wasn't even my size. I just smiled and said it was there. I get a lot of these gift cards today. You know, it's, it's easier for grandpa or dad to get that. But God's drumbeat is amazing. It just doesn't, it just, just doesn't end. And I love this about the Lord. Now, Acts chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, there is a great drumbeat of coming. And I must share that with you. I get to share this with you before I sit down. There is a, a great drumbeat, and the early disciples heard this drumbeat big when Jesus went to heaven. Sometimes till Jesus went up, he taught this, they couldn't, see the, they couldn't hear the drum. Sometimes he goes so we can see. Sometimes they go so we can see. This is how God works. God works amazing. But here, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him, Jesus, out of their sight. And this is 120 that had been gathering. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them, two angels. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. And he's saying, Jesus goes up, and Jesus is coming down. Matter of fact, for those of you that have been to Israel, or if you haven't been there, it's a, it's a great shot to try to get to Israel. Those of you that have been to Israel here, the amazing thing about Israel, you stand on the Mount of Olives, and the Word of God says when Jesus comes back in his second coming. That's, not, that's when he comes as King of kings and Lord of lords. But there is a part of that coming, still coming before that. It's when he comes for the bride. Not everyone sees that the same, but he's going to snatch the bride out of here. It's an unknown coming. But when that second coming comes, the word of God says, his feet will land on the Mount of Olives, and the mountain will part from the east to the west. It will split open. And men will flee for their lives, and women. And they'll seek death, and they won't find it. Because there's another part of it, too. The people who do not hear the heartbeat and the call of God today will one, one day face the king of kings and lord of lords in judgment. The word of God is so clear in that. It's a, it's a place in the Bible that uh, it is so important. His heartbeat keeps beating. You know, in 1986, I got my first truck. Started spraying. 80, or 80, in 88, I got the first truck. And I think the media people might have put a picture on this first truck. It was a 1947 Willys Jeep. My buddy put a 283 in that thing. I, you see the tires? Those, are, those aren't like what you find down. These aren't, these aren't like the Toyos, the Michelins. Those things go great till you're going 40. And then they shake like this. 
But I got that truck and I thought, that's it. I'll never need another truck. Two years later, that truck was so outdated. I got another truck and that didn't last very long. Guy comes along, just been laid off at GM. He buys a truck from me for 1,200 bucks. I never forget, he laid 12,100s out there and he took off. That was the poorest decision I ever made. I just wanted that truck back. Matter of fact, I told the guys for years working for me in the, in the chemical business, I said, I wish every one of you could have the privilege of driving that truck one day a year so you see where you came from. No air conditioning, 40 miles an hour top speed, but I was going. It faded. These drum beats we chase, they just don't last, do they? Have you noticed that? We chase them. Man, if I could just get a raise, better job, sell my house and get another one in this uptime, all this stuff. But you, know, you just notice how quickly you buy a house, you walk in and go, oh no, got to do that. Deb and I bought several houses in Phoenix in the last 10 years. And oh no, the air conditioning's bad. Is it a roost or is it real? Oh no, the, the roof's bad. And there is that beautiful place just kind of fading because this world is in our home. We're just passers through. We just got a glimpse of time here and we're gone. You know, some of you are going to travel at Christmas time. You're going to go to different places, but let's just say you're going to go to Dallas, Texas. Get on, you'll get in a car and you'll drive to Dallas about 12, 12 hours, 14 hours, and you take off for Dallas. You probably won't see very many signs out here for Dallas, Texas. But there is a truth in that little principle that rings 100% on every freeway in America I've ever traveled, and that is the closer you get to Dallas, the more you'll see the signs. Signs here, signs here, signs there. Look up, look up. I got another verse for you. Luke 21, another place in the Word of God. I want to see if you're hearing the signs, seeing these signs. When you see the signs, you hear. Oftentimes in the Spirit, you see, you hear. Now, Luke 21, verse 25, Jesus teaching, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth dismay among the nations and perplexity at the roaring of the seas and of the waves. Can any of you relate to that today? Is this at all relative to an age when fear has so gripped our hearts we can't even hardly wiggle anymore? Notice, men feigning with fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Now this is Jesus speaking about preconditions coming up before the end of time. We are living in the last of the last days. I believe Jesus has whispered to us. He's spoken to us. His word is shouting to us. He keeps coming back and saying, I'm coming again, are you ready? You know, when I was a little guy, one of my favorite games is going to someone's play house and playing hide and seek. And probably all of you, I, I had some favorite hiding places. But I can re always remember when the big cousin or the big person we had said, ready or not, here I come, and my little heart would just begin to pound. I ask you, is our heart pounding for Jesus today? He's coming. And I believe when you look in the world, you look at the conditions, that's what he's doing. He's shouting, I'm coming. He says, are you just immersed in rapping? 
Are you just overwhelmed with everything going on and your focus is not up on Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Revelations 1-7, you'll see on your screen. Jesus, at his last times, giving parting shots, said, behold, he's coming with clouds. Every eye will see him. This is at his second coming. And those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. He is coming with clouds. I have walked out some days and I'll look at the beauty. I've, I, have you enjoyed with me the beauty the last few days after that big rain? What a blessing. God starts shouting. The smells are there. But you know one of the things I'm getting that rain? I take care of you and I'm coming again. And everything out here is so beautiful. Last night, a few, few of us headed up to Cave Creek, got a, got a meal up there, and we just looked around at, at the shout of the saguaro cactus. Jesus is coming again. Every eye, there will come a time, whether you are a believer or not a believer, whether you're saved or lost, you're gonna see your Savior face to face. If you have the Son, you have life. If you do not have the Son of God, you have no life. You'll stand there empty without Jesus. You'll have nothing left. And here it is that John, this beautiful revelator, just simply says, behold, I'm coming with clouds. One more verse for you. As we come to the end of this message, Revelation 22 and 17, I think of this in light of where we're at. Have you ever noticed how fast life is moving? Yesterday I commented to someone, I wonder if we're almost like uh, frogs in a, a boiling kettle that just keeps heating up and we're just, we can't even hardly grasp time and how it's moving anymore. It's moving so fast, so quick. And, and for God's children, I believe this is one of the great calls. We have a room over here and I would just open that door and they come and tell you, you say, you the pastor said it's okay. We got a room here over here called a prayer room. And if you need a place to go and pray, you go right in that room. We're asking all of our staff here every morning before they begin from now on to take at least 10 minutes with God. You see, we can't do that anymore. We cannot keep running because we've got to hear the sound of, of Christ. We've got to hear his voice. We've got to be ready. Jesus said it like this. Behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. You say, hold it. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the giver of every gift. I am the one that's been speaking to you from the very beginning. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. But what he says is, I'm coming for you. Are you ready for Jesus to come? Is there anything in your house, spiritually, naturally, that should be done yet before Jesus comes? He's coming. Is there any relationship that God wants us to make right? A phone call we need to make, a letter we need to write. Is there anything yet that the Lord is saying, do you see how close I am? Do you see how I'm just at the door? I'm right there. I'm just right there. And I don't know how long it will be till he comes again. God knows. But I know one thing. When he comes, if you've got Jesus, you're okay. Matter of fact, you are a child of God. You are a saint. He's not coming because of how righteous we are. He's coming because how righteous he is and his son. 
He's coming because his son came first so that we could receive him so he could come for us. But if God has put one thing in your heart this morning, possibly in the message, your quiet time, this is the thing, don't walk out these doors till you turn to brother or sister and you say, this is what, by God's grace, I want to do. Hold me accountable. You know how many seeds of conviction get lost the moment we walk through those two side doors back there? And someone slaps you in the back and says, how was your week? And it's gone. Make that decision today. And for those, there's someone here, several, who have not made the decision to receive the greatest gift that has ever been offered. You've thrown it aside, you've put a cover over it, a, a blind over it. And the word of God is just so clear, so truthful, that when you open your heart to Jesus and you ask Jesus to come and say, Lord, I believe you've been the one speaking. I believe you spoke through the word of God. And as messed up as things are, Lord, I believe you're working my life. The promise of God's word is he'll come in. This thing of a, of a new birth, I don't even know how to describe it. Because when God changes a life, it is amazing. But it's not because of us. And I just ask you to open your life. And as we're praying, just say, God, I want you to come in and be the King of kings and Lord of my life. And I want the greatest gift of all. His name is Jesus Christ, the living Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, your living word. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. I thank you for every way you speak to us. Sometimes I don't want to hear, but you keep speaking through our conscience, through creation, through brothers and sisters, through your word, through a still small voice. Thank you, God, for caring for everyone that's here. And oh, Lord, I just pray that you will bless every person here, that your presence will fill every house as it fills every heart. And this Christmas will be a special time when the king who is coming again who has came in our hearts, lives in every home. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. And if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus this morning, may you pray with me, Lord Jesus, just take my life, and I acknowledge your gift. I acknowledge your voice. I, I can't figure this out, Lord, but I'm going to believe in you and trust you as the Lord of my life, both now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.